0: weeks ago whenever I uh, talked about uh, the, the, that fact that how stirred I was by a, a post that that came up that reminded us how quickly we became united whenever whenever we remembered or whenever we experienced 9/11, and uh, the things that are different today of how they to try to continue to divide us over over things uh, anything they can, and uh, I think it's something that we have to be very passionate about. I think we have to be very active about, and uh, and hold hold fast to. So anyway, but I uh, want to go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we just come before you and and Lord, we do lift up the the offering this morning or this evening. And Lord, we just thank you that, that we give. And Lord, I've been teaching on the power of agreement. One of the things that we do in praying over the offering is that we stand in agreement with those who give. And Father, we stand in agreement according to your word, that the Lord God provides our needs met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that the provisions of heaven that are that are tied to our tithes and offerings are, are seen in the lives of people, that, Lord, you, you replenish what is given, that, Lord God, you open the windows of the storehouse of heaven and pour out blessing we couldn't contain, that, Father God, you give us wisdom, direction, favor, and blessing because of being obedient to give. And Lord God, we thank you that because we receive that into the church that we have the ability to function and operate, but, Father, it's also so that our, our people can be blessed to do more for the kingdom of God, not only in this church, but in, in their homes, to their families and for the individuals around them. And so, Father, we entrust that to you. Now, Father, we also stand uh, for, for and with this nation. That, Lord God, we stand against the attacks of the enemy, the, the things that come against us as a nation to, dry, to try and divide us. And, Father, we stand for our freedoms. We stand for the freedoms to, to worship together, together, and to follow you. And, Father, we thank and praise you that we don't take those lightly, and we don't take those for granted. And, Lord God, we just pray that we would continually honor and lift up America and the flag and this nation as one nation under God. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, we'll go up and pray here in a little bit over our prayer needs, the prayer requests, and give you an opportunity to participate in that. But I want to share a word with you before we do that. And and so um, I want to remind you, you can turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, this will be week number three of uh, you're not in this alone. And uh, even if you haven't been here, uh, maybe this is your first time to watch or listen. Uh, it, it'll tie in. You'll grab, grab some understanding and knowledge. But I was really stirred by this message and, and uh, just even though I've I've practiced this I've understood this for years I've heard it preached it, it, it's kind of I've heard it preached uh, in different ways but the Lord has shown it to me in a, in a way that I believe really just uh, in, increases the, our knowledge and understanding of the value and importance of praying with someone in agreement you know uh, a lot of times we think that that uh, you know and you'll hear people say this and and listen if I step on your your toes a little bit about or, or get on your your way of thinking a little bit, just love me and smile, and go on down the road. But listen to what I hear, and and allow yourself to to maybe rethink some things. Because we have this idea that as long as we're all, if there's lots of people praying, it'll 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 do something. And listen, that can be that can be good, that can be true. But one of the things about like even prayer requests, when a prayer request is brought, is if somebody says they'll pray for you, do you? you know you're in agreement. See, that's my question about this. We look at at, uh, at Matthew 18, 19, which Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, and that's not where I'm at. I saw, Sorry, I sent you First Peter. But uh, it, he said, if two or more are gathered in my name, or two or more ask anything concerning the, the Father, it'll be done for them. If they a- are concerning anything, they ask. We're going to read that. Let's go over there. Matthew 18, 19. You need to look at that anyway. And we'll we'll refer to 1 Peter. I'm trying not to review very long because I want to get to a point that God stirred me in uh, earlier. But I've used this verse as a foundation, Matthew 18, 19. And I can quote this. Most of you can quote this. You probably know this verse. But I want you to read it and I want you to see it because there's something about seeing it sometimes again, how important it is to us. He says, uh, verse 19, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. So when we're gathered in his name, then he's here in our midst. But he challenges them to, to have a new way of thinking about uh, the power of agreement. See, one of the reasons the tactics of the devil, and that's why I went over there to 1 Peter chapter 5, is because I used that two weeks ago, and and it stirred me when I began to think about the tactic of the devil against this nation, which is a nation raised up by God for the purpose that we've been here for. That's why I believe that there's there's those that would come in to try to divide us using the tactic of the enemy because how does he defeat? how, do, how does a team lose? A, a team will lose because they're not as don't have the ability sometimes. but they'll also always lose whenever they're not unified playing together. How does a family fall apart by becoming divided? I tell people all the time, you know, as as perfect as my wife is. Well, okay, as close to perfect as my wife is, all right? We've been married a long time, but I learned something when we were first married, that God taught me to focus on what I loved about her and what what made her valuable to me. You know, for a lot for a while when I was first married, of course, we were just high school sweethearts and just married a little ways out of high school and trying to figure all this stuff out and bullheaded and selfish and all the things kids are. And, and I went through I went around and I, I thought about, man, she you know, she makes me late and she picks on this and she won't let me have any of the money and, and, and she doesn't want to have you know she, anyway, she just I just wasn't always happy. Everything didn't go just my way. And you know what? I began to focus on everything wrong. And you know what? I'd go before God and I'd say, God, you got to fix her. You got to fix this. Because I was focused on everything that was wrong. And finally, God woke me up one day and said, What about you? I heard that as loud as I'm speaking to you. It wasn't an audible voice, but down here in my heart, God said, What about you? And I went, me (laughs) I'm not the problem and then God quickly began to relate to me some of my issues or some of the things that I was and I began to change how I how I prayed but one of the things he taught me was for us to notice and recognize the value that we each had that we brought to the table the things that were, were were irritating to me in the beginning I value so much and even more when we had all four kids still at home and and all of the busyness of life and the things that were qualities that drove me up the wall beginning were valuable later on. But regardless of how perfect things could be, the devil loves, and and we can be focused on everything that's wrong. You can do that in a church. You can do that in your job. You can do that in so many things. Uh, Boyd said, "Well, you're looking good tonight," and I said, "Well, thank you." I said, "I don't, I don't, or, or you look like you feel good, or I don't care what it was." I said, "I just choose to be that way. I'm just choosing. I'm going to have a good day. I'm choosing that." You know, some people have a one bad thing happen bad in the first of their day. And it's a oh, it's gonna be a bad day. You know what? I just laugh and go on because this day ain't over; it's just begun. Okay, we spilled the milk. Okay, we whatever something. <laughs> One day, I had my cut. I was in a hurry trying to get out here to men's Bible study, and uh, I was getting in my pickup, and I had a. Uh, Eskimo Joe's cup of cereal most of you know what that is you know a plastic cup like that. and, and full of cereal and uh, I was in a hurry I think it was grape nuts or something you know something really healthy and all that and whatever but I I, I, it, I hit I hit it. Knocked it out of my hand, went upside down into my cup holder. And I've got a Chevy pickup, so it's got three cups so with the console. Went down in the crack inside. I mean, it went everywhere. And y'all know what spilling milk in a pickup is like. Now, fortunately, there was enough dust and dirt in there. It kind of soaked some of it up. <laughs> So then I was just cleaning up mud. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, I thought, what in the world? And I, th- I just had to snap a picture and share it with everybody on Facebook because I just chose to-, chose to laugh. Now, that was a hassle. That was a pain. I didn't like that, but I wasn't going to let it ruin my day. That's right. See, because I could have been divided about who I was, about what I, what I, but I chose that I was going to set, uh, I was going to walk forward in those things and and choose to walk in the blessing that God has. Well, see, the devil loves to divide us, but we got to remember, all throughout this earth, there are people dealing with things like you. We all have struggles. We all have challenges at different times. Some of them are greater than others. But I'm going to make a choice that I'm going to, I'm going to take that high road now. Part of how I do that is to make sure that I get in agreement with God. And and this verse here, he says, where two of you on earth agree concerning anything they ask for it'll be done for them by the father now let me read this uh, i, I got to read this commentary out of this bible here because it explains this really well he said jesus looked ahead to a new day when he would be present with his followers not in body but through his holy spirit in the body of believers the church the sincere agreement of two people by the uh, people is more powerful than the superficial agreement of thousands I want you to hear that. That's the way I feel about oftentimes prayer requests that, that, that people throw out, pray for me. Well, listen, they're, they're, that's okay. But I don't always bring up my personal prayer needs. Not saying you're wrong. If you do that, that's fine. But my conviction is I want to find one or two that I'm very, like we've been teaching on, that I'm very clear with what we're believing for because the Bible says where two or more agree concerning anything they ask. See, I want to make sure that I have I, I have it solid with me. here's Here's part of my conviction as well. When you throw out your your issue or your need, how do people respond? Think about that. One of the things that that and and again, I may be unique in this, but i, I whenever I say, well, so and so has cancer. Some people, their first response is what? is it is it positive? Or is it negative? It's negative. Yeah. Or, or you say, oh, they're going to have a long road. Oh, they See, there's all these negative things that come out. Now, that's natural. That's concern. That's what we have. And it's okay. But when it comes down to prayer, when, when I come before somebody bringing somebody, that's why we didn't, we didn't talk about mom having that lump and going through that. We didn't bring that, not because I don't trust other people to pray, but because we brought it before the smaller group so that we could lift it up in a specific way that we were going to agree I stood with it. Now, listen. So I know that changes some of the way that you think about approaching that prayer time. But the power that that comes with uh, two agreeing is more powerful than many who is just a superficial prayer. Now, listen to this. He says, "Because Christ's Holy Spirit is with them in the two that agree, the two or uh, or more believers filled with the Holy Spirit will pray according to God's will, not their own. Thus, their request will be granted." See this isn't saying you just pick any old thing and you can have it. It's saying the things that are the Holy Spirit's involved in which will be according to God's will. The things that are prayed over in faith which will be things coming from God's word and then also the things that are very clearly stated so that you know what it is you're in agreement for. Let me let me explain this a little more. Look at look at Romans chapter 8 verse 26. This is a passage of scripture that that uh, I, I love because it talks about the power of the and the help of the Holy Spirit. see when i when I say two agreeing, we're talking about two agreeing specifically for something that is clearly stated. I said this over the last couple of weeks. First of all, we got to ask ourselves a question, what are we agreeing on? See, sometimes if you present a need, and here's the, here's the problem. We present a need, and you say, well, pray for me. And we say, okay, well, how am I praying? See, Dusty had a back issue. Well, if Dusty's asking for a back issue to be healed miraculously, and I'm praying for the right doctor, we're not in agreement. Both of those are good. Both of those are acceptable and okay. It's a good thing, but can we get together on it so that we know in the end how that prayer was advanced? Or, uh, received, whether or not it came to pass. Verse 26 says, in the same way, Romans 8 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through word wordless groans. So we got the help of the Holy Spirit when we're when we're weak not knowing how to pray. See, that's the benefit of the help of the Holy Spirit. You know, we're a mixture of all different denominations, all different backgrounds. But we all, here's the thing, when we are born again, make Jesus Christ Lord, the Holy Spirit comes to live and dwell on the inside of us. And you know, here's the thing that Jesus said to his disciples, he said to his disciples, he, in John chapter 14, he said, I'm going away, but I'm sending another comforter, another the Holy Spirit, the helper, the one who will come alongside you and he'll do in my absence. That's what it means in the Greek. What I would do if I were actually, Jesus was saying, if I were actually there, what did Jesus do in every one of their circumstances and situations? He helped them in their weakness. He gave them what they needed. He guided them. He directed them. He delivered them. He provided. See, the Holy Spirit's that helper Then that same way. He's going to help us in our weaknesses when we don't know what to pray for. See, go on in that verse. Verse 27, he says, And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So that's why I want to pursue having the help of the Holy Spirit in my prayer. That's why as we present a need and, and we begin to, to ask the Lord, you know, why did uh, I, me and God, you know, I don't know about you, but do you ever go to God with and, and tell him what, what you think needs to happen? I mean, in other words, you're asking, but you're really saying, God, you know, I, like our, our, we've got uh, four kids, but our youngest is a senior in high school, and you know, we got one. It's 30 years old in New York City. You know, she's loving New York City and probably not moving back, and probably not interested in having kids. And you know, now we've got the fourth one. She's and and then the second daughter there in Boulder, up up, up there in West, Westminster, they're way off somewhere. Kate he's married now, and, and he, they're just living down here in in Edmond, which is awesome. But I want one one of them I'm like Lord, just one of them. I want them to live here. Want to be here. One of them, marry. Her, let her marry somebody that wants to run cows. That that you know, I don't care if he works a little bit, but he wants to run cows. He wants to. He wants to. He him wanting a cowboy a little bit. That'd be awesome. You know, let, let give Lord, give me a horse training cowboy that want that, that is actually really good. It'll make some money. Okay, yeah, you know, provide for it. I'll help him make money. I don't care. i you know we'll keep the business going. But but here's the thing, I don't have that. I can't make that choice but I can say God what is your will concerning her The thing we can Sue and I can come against is that she not be led astray and and be deceived that she find the right person that she's patient that she's strong that she can walk single until God provides the right one or whatever that whatever that looks like you know we can begin to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into how to pray See, that's the power of it. But through our conversations, my wife and I's conversations concerning that, we begin to get the leadership of the Holy Spirit and there's so many times as I begin, that's where that dynamic of the help of somebody else who, ha, who is also a believer, who also has the Holy Spirit in them, can begin to pray and can begin to present that, uh, that need or talk about that need beforehand and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to define what it is you're praying for. See, if, if I ask you sometimes, well, what, what are we praying for? And then, and then the number two thing is clarifying it so that to, to know whether or not it's in line with God's will. So a lot of times we get in a hurry to pray. You know, it's nothing wrong with praying, but when we, when we begin to get specific, are, have we taken enough time to allow the Holy Spirit to direct us, to guide us to His Word, to give us what it is that we can believe for and, and, and clarify what it is we really are asking for? God, give me wisdom. See, you know, there was there were times, and I use the illustration of money sometimes. But there was times whenever when we had all the kids and and we were we were trying to make ends meet, and we'd say, God, we need more money. And you know what? Sometimes God was leading us. I've used that illustration before, but but sometimes God was leading us to be better stewards. Maybe adjust or change. Maybe there was there was one time uh, we were being. Felt like God was leading us, and He was. But he, we we were following His leadership to move to a, to a different town, and didn't know where God was going to do what God was going to do for us at the time. But but I knew what we needed to do some things financial to adjust. Well, I was going in a place and didn't have really jobs and everything lined out. We were just following God's leadership. But I drive in through this town, little town, well it's Garber, and I'm driving through Garber and there was a house that uh, that had a for sale by owner sign in it. A little white frame house, two story, looked kind of two story. I didn't know what it was. It was just an older house sitting on a corner lot and I, I pulled in and I met this guy. And he said, you know, I just stuck that in there this afternoon. We just got this house ready to sell. And I said, "Well, can I look at it? Would that be okay?" So I walked in. I looked at this house, and I went into that house. Now it was only one, two, three bedrooms and two baths. They had remodeled a bathroom, so we got four kids, so and three girls. That's that's wonderful. Two baths is a requirement. I don't care if there's one bedroom, but there needs to be two bathrooms. That was one requirement. Uh, obviously, there need to be more bedrooms. But here's the thing: there was a part to that house that had an attic that had started to been finished, but was not finished. It made that house worth a half again as more once I got that finished and built. But we got to finance the original small little amount that was less than some of you may pay for a car now. This was 10 or so years ago, 15, 15, 20, I don't know, a long time ago. But here's the thing. Had we not been in agreement that God, you supply all our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You make a way where there is no way. You order our steps. We we had those things in place so that when we walked into that moment in that time, we knew God was making provision for us. But part of that was wisdom and the ability to see things in that house that, that others didn't see. We took that and we made two more bedrooms upstairs in that little room with a game room area. It was the neatest little I mean it was it was a cool place. And and we then sold it and made twenty thousand or twenty five thousand on the house. That's the things that God can do when we begin to follow him and follow his direction. Well, listen, as, as I uh, continue on this, you know, when we get to ready to pray in that prayer of agreement, James 5.16 says that the, the, uh, the prayer of, righteous, of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The, the, or or the, the, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, depending on what translation you have. You know, that's the kind of prayer I want. I want it to be effective, don't you? We don't like to just pray and not get our prayers answered. Well, one of the ways that we I talk about with prayer is to always know as best we can what is God's will have our heart ready to hear and receive. Well, in that prayer of agreement, that's part of what the Lord was showing me over the last couple of weeks, is part of the dynamic of why the prayer of agreement is so effective is not just because two can multiply your power, but because as we begin to talk about it and discuss it, it becomes more clear, more clear. We begin to to identify what it is we're really going to believe for. We begin to see in God's Word, oh, that's where, that's what we ought to pray for, and we begin to voice and and say it out loud. When you have to ask somebody else for what you're praying for, what do you have to do? You have to say it. You have to you have to speak it out. You have to say, well, you know, here's what I am praying for. I'm, somebody was brought up a point of praying for one of their kids. In, in the prayer meeting up there, or the prayer time up there after at, after I preach. They brought that point up. And as we begin to, to talk about that, we voiced those things. Those things came through and made more sense, made more, became more clear. So... We looked last week at the the power of the in the book of Acts in Acts chapter four. Uh, let's turn over there to Acts chapter four because we didn't get finished over there, and want to move on to some more of this teaching. But in Acts chapter four, when they were told not to pray or not to preach in the name of Jesus, they didn't run, but they uh, away from the fight. They ran together to pray together. Why does the why does the uh, why are there people who try would try to keep us from meeting together because they don't want us to be together and unified in prayer? They were told not to pray, and we see in verse uh, 23 when they were released from prison, Peter and John, Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said. See, here's the thing. They focused on God. They declared His greatness. They established their, their faith and put uh, up a shield against, of faith up against that fear and doubt. That's what they were doing when they made that statement, O oh, Sovereign Lord. You know, whenever, whenever Peter and John said, gathered them together, and they said, O oh, Sovereign Lord, do you think everybody else was quiet? No, I bet you in this prayer meeting, everybody was saying, Amen. Everybody was saying, Yes, sir. Yes, he is. They're acknowledging it. They're getting in agreement. They're getting ready to pray. He says, you made the the heavens and the earth. Oh, man, they're they're, they're painting a picture now. They're they're seeing God as, as, hey, this this is the God who shapes and molds things, changes things, develops things, and everything in them. Verse 25, you spoke the Holy Spirit by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David. And you made these declarations and they just go on and they go on and they go on. And then it comes down to verse 29 and it says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. He didn't just say me. He said your servants. They've caught hands together. They're, They're locked in. They're agreeing and they're saying, Give us the ability to stand in boldness. See, that's what he's talking about in in, in uh, over there in Matthew 18, 19. When two or more agree concerning anything they ask. When when you and someone who clearly understands what God's word and his will is, nothing wrong with a whole bunch more people praying. It may take a whole bunch of people praying to find two that can agree. <laughs> Shouldn't be like that. I'm just using, I'm being having a little fun here, lightening y'all up a little bit. Some of you are looking pretty serious. But see, here's the thing. I want our prayers to be effective. And I know that when we choose to get together in prayer, why would the the devil work so hard to to get in between a couple? To keep them from praying. Why, why uh, 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 Why does he work on some of you to be, oh, I'm just so private in my prayer? Nothing wrong with that. But what if you opened up and you dared to say what you're believing for. See, here's the thing. When God speaks all throughout the Word about our words, how powerful they are. One of the, one of the, power, one of the valuable things in agreement is I got to voice it, I got to say it. So, what am I doing? I'm putting it out so that my ears hear it. I'm putting it out so the devil hears it. I'm putting it out so Jesus spoke to circumstances and situations. I'm putting it out so my circumstances and my situations hear it. I'm making, I'm, I'm bringing a level of boldness to that that's that's different. Now I will also say this: if you don't have anybody else to pray with, you and God are enough. Yeah. I really believe that. You and you and God getting in agreement is enough. And when you declare with you and God, but here, that's the other thing. Me and God, we get, we get kind of, I, or I, I get kind of vocal with God sometimes. I'm not yelling at Him, but I'm not afraid to pray out loud. I'm not afraid when it's just me and Him. I'm not afraid to lift my hands and praise Him when it's just me and Him. I'm not afraid to to walk and pace and 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 whatever I need to do to get me in a place where I need to be, so that I'm stirred up. You know, there's just times when we just got to get up. There's just times you got to be have some some outward action, and I think that's what was going on right here. It says after they prayed, after they prayed. I think that's interesting. Not before they prayed. After they prayed, the place where they where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They went out and did exactly what they prayed for. Why? Because they agreed together, and the power of the Holy Spirit came and showed up on into their situation and into their circumstances. Well, listen. I want to. I want to. I want us to. To. I want us to just in in reference. I want us to to. Now, I'll turn over to Genesis chapter 17. This won't take but a minute. Because I want you to see, I took more time getting here than I wanted to. So I won't go into all this because of the time. But I want you to hear something. In Genesis 17, Abraham and Sarah, where Abram and Sarai, they hadn't had their names changed yet, were given a promise from God. God began to relate this to me on, on the power of agreement uh, of how Abraham and Sarah finally got to a point where they agreed with one another and with God. And this is what I've never, I've taught this many, many times, but I've never seen it quite like this. But I believe that this was the thing, part of, part of the thing that triggered the change and the transformation in their lives. God had spoken to, to Abram and, and he had said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. He'd spoken to Abram, he, he made him a promise. Sarah was a part of that. But I believe that there was, there, we, we see because of the actions that they took, the things that they did through ch- chapter uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, the, the, the things that they did that brought doubt. God spoke the first time in in Genesis chapter 12. But here in in 17 it says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. That that word in the Hebrew is El Shaddai. He said, I am El Shaddai. God spoke of himself, declared himself something that he had not declared himself as before, and that was the all-sufficient one. This changed Abram's and Sarah's idea of who God was. They begin to see him in a, in, a, in a greater way. He says, walk before me and be blameless. Then I'll make you uh, uh, my covenant between me and you, and I will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell on his face before God. As for me, now notice, Abram's, or God says, as for me, this is my covenant with you. He says, I'm, I'm setting this out here. Will you agree? Will you believe? Will you walk in it? He's throwing it out there to him, and he says, As for me, this is my covenant with you, that I will make you a father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram, but your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations, and I will make you very fruitful. I will make you my nations. Now, I've, I've taught that many times, even just here. But I want you to see something that that began to stir in verse 15. Chapter 17, verse 15. God said to Abram, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall no longer call her Sarai, but her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her, and I will surely give you a son by her, and I will bless her so that she will be the mother of, of nations, king of peoples, will come from her. And Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, See, he wasn't quite there yet. He wasn't quite there yet. He he, he laughed. He questioned God. Have you ever read a scripture or heard somebody say something or thought a prayer or felt like God was speaking something to you and you may have laughed or questioned it? You think, well, this is what we need or finally, at this time, all of these things that, 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 that might have made you uh, question those things. Well, see, God didn't give up. He said to himself, Will the son be born to a man a hundred years old and Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety-nine? He still had doubts. But now look at what happened in verse, chapter 18, verse 10. And I'm hurrying through this. But then one of them said, I will surely return to you this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my, old, my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Now what did she say? See, Abraham in his head said, this old man and this old woman, that's, that's, that's the country version of what they said, right? That's what he said. Standing before God, his face before God, God speaking his promise, God making a covenant, yet he still doubted. We can't fault him for that, right? That, I mean, that's, that's even. That, I mean, that's fair. But now think about what they just said or what she just did. The exact same thing. You, you catching the fact that they were in agreement? They were just agreeing for the wrong thing. That's one of the reasons that I don't just present all my needs to everybody. Because some people, I may be struggling, but when we can can offset our weakness or our doubt with the Word of God and then find somebody who gets in agreement. Listen, look at, look at this. Verse 13, Then the Lord said to Abram, You disgust me. No, he didn't say that. He probably wanted to. He said, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I have, will I really have a child now that I am old? See, she's still doubted. Verse 14, check this out. Is anything too hard for the Lord? See, here's the thing. God just that that boy, I tell you what, that fly's fixing to get to wrath. He <laughs> don't leave me alone. <laughs> is anything too hard for the Lord? See, here's the thing. God didn't quit speaking just because they were in doubt. God didn't leave them alone because he had a plan, he had a purpose, he had a promise for them. You see, a lot of times we'll get a report, we'll get, a, we'll, we'll get the limitations, we'll see the, the, the difficulty, but we got to go back to what, But what does God say? But what does God say? Is anything too hard for the Lord? See, when we consider any problem against this this statement, everything changes. Is anything too hard for God? That's the challenge we have. And then then he comes on, he continues, he says, I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Now, Sarah was afraid and she, she, she denied it and all that good stuff. But here's the thing. I'd imagine when the, door, when, when, when the Lord left and, and, and Abraham and Sarah got together, I bet he was like, what do you mean laughing? And she said, what do you mean? I bet they had, no, I don't know how that conversation went. But I know because of what it says in Romans chapter 4, that that was the moment, that was the turn. I've never, I've never caught that before, how it was at that moment that it finally turned. God changed his name and he said, I'm El Shaddai, I'm the all-sufficient one. He said, I'm going to change your name and I'm going to make you begin to say you are what I said you are, which his name meant now a father of many nations. That began the process. But they had to get to that moment where they both realized they were not in agreement. They were doubting. And when the two of them came into agreement, they finally made that choice. There was that extra power. God got them together in unison with him, with what his word was. They considered against all hope, it says in Romans chapter 4. Against all hope. Then they believed. And then it says in Romans 4, so they became. What? What God said. See, i got to wrap this up. But I'm going to tell you what. there There is a power in prayer for us as individuals. There's also a great power in prayer for us when we get in agreement. When you can find somebody to agree on. Here's the challenge. Can what we want to agree on be clearly stated? Can what you're believing for, is it in the the word? Can you allow the help of the Holy Spirit to help you? Let's pray. Father, we just come before you tonight, and, and Lord, we just thank you and we praise you that, that Lord, as, as this message has has come together tonight, that, that Lord, we saw a, a, a man and a woman that had no ability to do what God said, but is anything too hard for God? God, many say across this nation that, 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 that things are hopeless. Many say that, that a lot of negative things, but Father, we're going to say, is anything too hard for God? when we stand against the the issues or the challenges that we each have, Father, I pray that we'll not only believe that You are a God who can do anything, but Lord, we'll also use the help of the Holy Spirit to to guide us, to show us what it is that we have need of and how to pray. Lord, I thank You that you, You say in Your Word that if we ask for the help of the Holy Spirit, that we'll receive it. And so, Father, I pray tonight that everyone born again who's made Jesus Lord, maybe if you've never even heard the voice of God, just ask the Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit and guide me and direct me by, your, by his help, that you show me how to pray, what to believe for, who to, who, who to ask in prayer. And Father, I thank you that whenever we agree concerning those things, those things that are led by the Holy Spirit, those things that are according to your will, and those things that are held on to and maintained, that Father God will see them come to pass. Now, Lord God, I pray and I ask you to guide and direct each and every one here tonight in applying this message. And Father, for anybody who's not made Jesus Christ Lord of their life, I pray tonight to be the night that they choose to receive. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.